Hi, this is Dan. Much to my chagrin, I'm also known as Handsome Hot Husband. Oh my God. I got to read such an amazing book this week. It was so incredible, delightful, heartwarming, intelligent, and I learned so much from it. Confident You, Simple Habits to Live the Life You Have Imagined by Julie DeLuca Collins is releasing September 10th. And I am so proud of my incredible wonderful wife and co-host in life. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. And your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a visionary and risk taker. I'm a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Hey, Julie. Good morning, Daniel. How you doing? <laughs> I am doing okay, except I did not sleep very well last night. Wait a minute. Night. Wait a minute. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm drinking some sparkling water from Trader Joe's. Oh, my gosh. Trader Joe's should be really a sponsor of the podcast. They should. They should. We shop at Trader Joe's. Uh, they can't afford us. They can't afford anyway, us. Anyway, so... We need to afford them. Actually, we can afford them. But listen, first of all, let's keep this tight. We're going to keep it tight. But did you hear in the beginning? I did Before hear. the music? I mentioned your book. I know. It's making me a little nervous that you mentioned the book. You know How why? are you feeling about it? I'm feeling nervous. Why would you feel nervous? You should feel confident you. <laughs> first of all, it oh. is... You know, I, I've been writing this for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And at first I started gun ho and I wrote a lot of it and then I put it away and I couldn't write anymore. And then when I started to go through some initial edits, I began to, um, really feel very vulnerable and be like, oh my gosh, she thinks this sucks. (laughs) Oh, the editor? (laughs) Yes. And then I'm like, I'm not doing this. And then I went through this phase, which was like, okay, I'm going to go. She's giving me and making me better. Fine. Let's do this. I This is her job. I understand. She's got to give me feedback. And then she kept asking me to go deeper and open up more. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is too much. And it really, it was a journey. So it's, and, and we'll talk about the book. You know, Maybe what, though, I've, time. I've read the book this week and just reading back mm. into the edits, mm-hmm. I can see where she asked the right questions to pull out more descriptors and, and deeper, deeper meanings into mm. some of the stuff. You know, a lot of the times we'll say things and we'll think people just understand what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but there's such power in adjectives and adverbs and descriptors you know Mm. explaining things not just the action of doing something 
or the state of being of something, but what it looks like, what it feels like, how it moves. Right. It's just amazing. And well, you, thank you. And you know what? What? I'm so glad that you found the publisher that you found. Mm-hmm. Trevor's amazing yeah. and his team is yeah, Trevor, phenomenal. Trevor so. Crane is really epic author. Really good. Epic author. If you're looking to write a book and publish, that's who you want to go with. Yeah. Anyhow, enough about me, enough about the book. I'm sure we'll talk more about the book. I, I just want to say that I have been so excited about the guest that is on the podcast today. Her name is Molly Dare, and I begin most of my mornings Monday through Friday, no, Monday through Thursday with Molly on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is um, the host of the On Air with Molly Dare podcast, and she's also the founder of the Hillebrand Media, and she focuses on PR brands and businesses all over the world. She started her career in front of the camera, which is not something that she necessarily thought she would be doing. She lives in Florida, has lived in Chicago, originally hails from New Jersey. I have deep respect and admiration for Molly, one of the kindest, loveliest person you will meet. She has two daughters and adorable dogs. By the way, she was in New York when we were coming back from our vacation, and I wish I would have had the opportunity to go and hear her speak and hang out with her in person, but I'm hoping that we can still do that. However, and they, I think yes. when you interviewed her, she was just getting back from the road. Yeah, so she had been, so when I interviewed her, we actually um, had to reschedule a couple times. Mm-hmm. One, because I was flying to Texas for Maggie's graduation, and my flight was delayed, and then the second time, is she was actually trying to get back home. I think her family, they were in Cape Cod. I want to say it was the Cape or Martha's Vineyard. I forget. Anyhow, and I kept seeing poor Molly. Her flight kept getting canceled. Um, but it's it was so lovely. Every time I talked to her in person, well, in person on Zoom, um, it, it, she, I just, I'm amazed at what an amazing, loving individual. She is a philanthropist and does so much and and really you know her kind spirit really comes through whether it be in front of the camera or in in any media you know like clubhouse or whatever wherever you're listening to her however before we jump into her interview i need to ask you something me or you well they can't answer so yeah it's you actually you could answer if if you Mm. had an answer for anything that julie might have asked me and you want to answer too, you can just email her, Juliet Go Confidently Coaching. You know, they can actually call our Speak, speak Pike line oh, and leave us a message. We haven't used too. that in a long time. Yes. Okay. Maybe we'll do that. But I have a question for you. Okay. You ready? What? What's your favorite TikTok for the week? <laughs> <laughs> for those who haven't, um, uh, did not listen to last week's episode, we have a new segment on the Casa de Confidence. And this is, what is your favorite TikTok of the week? So I got to say, I'm going to keep this short. Go ahead. I don't have a favorite TikTok. Okay. I think I think I may, it might not be a TikTok, it might be a TikToker. TikToker? Hmm. And my, my, one of my favorite TikTokers, okay. person I follow, mm-hmm. and you, you all know, so if you listen to the podcast, that uh, I golf on Thursdays in a golf league, it's a bit of a beer league, and hmm. we just have a good time, it's. It's just a great time to get together with friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
it's funny you think about golf and a lot of the conversation of golf a lot of the terms can sound a little innuendo-ish and especially with your friends especially with my friends anyone that plays anyone that plays <laughs> golf and goes out on the course you're you're hitting you hitting your balls and you, you know you're taking sh- i'm gonna stop yeah anyway stop where your head it's not that kind there's of a lot stuff. of words in golf that can be misconstrued and mm-hmm. in the manolo teaches golf on uh on tiktok this guy's great because he actually gives really good golf tips nice. but his one of his key phrases is when he's talking in the middle and he'll say one of these words that could be innuendo he's like don't be nasty. <laughs> so he's down in Miami. He has a, a, a very, a very pronounced Latin um, accent. Oh. So it's very, very fun to watch him. He leans into the whole thing. And uh, if you're a golfer and you want some tips, Manolo teaches golf. He's very funny. Anyway, my favorite TikTok for the week. Mm-hmm. It's. I am going to say is the TikTok I saw with Mandy Patankin in which he do edit another per another young woman. Her dad had passed away from cancer yeah. and her favorite movie is Princess Bride. And that was her dad's favorite movie. And she heard the story that when Mandy Patankin was in Indigo Montoya, Indigo Montoya, Indigo Montoya, that he, um, when he filmed the scene where he uh, he finally meets the six-fingered man and he says, you know, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father, right? He went and he prepare went. Prepare to die. Prepare to die. He, um, he said, well, you know, there's something to the effect that he wanted his dad back. And he mm-hmm. used the emotion. He, he wanted oh, to, to beg. And the six-fingered man said, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you whatever you want. Okay. And finally, Indigo Montoya goes, I want my father back. So. And then he killed him, right? And he is killed that, him, yeah. Is, is that, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time so, since I've seen the movie. Anyway, so he he said that he used the emotion of wanting to kill cancer and losing his father for that scene. And the young woman wanted to know if that was true, if that was a true story. And he said yes. He, in the duet, in the TikTok duet with her, said yes, it is true. And he said, by the way, contact me and let me know your dad's name. Because I, and he said it, you know, it was so sweet because it reminded me of my dad. He said, you know, I say my prayers every night. And I was like, oh, that's how my dad would say that when I say my prayers. Um, so anyway, so that that reminded me of my dad. And, and I just thought he, it was sweet. Well, the thing the thing is, he says, find me, get the message <laughs> to me. I want to know your father's name because mm. I like to pray for people by name because then they become part of my life too. Oh, that that's right. I did yeah. hear that. So, so that was it was very touching, lovely, it was and goose goose bumples, goose bumples. So I love that. That was my favorite TikTok of the week. Of course, it was another TikTok that mm-hmm. made me waste a whole hour. And this is something that I want to bring up to the forefront. Okay. On Monday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, come and join me for froggy hour. It is a time in which if you're trying to get stuff accomplished, if you need some accountability, 
and you're looking to start your week off right, this is a co-working opportunity to come in, log into Zoom with me, and any other goal getter out there who is looking to get stuff done and is coming to the froggy hour to just, you know, work together and we're not going to speak. We're just checking in. And if you want more, I will, um, I will make a video on TikTok and talk about it. Is that what's, <laughs> is that what's popping? That's what's popping. Oh, wait a minute. What? That's what's hopping oh my god aren't you a comedian by the way um not a comedian. tomorrow something very interesting is happening to what's happening i oh that's right <laughs> julie's all giddy okay i'm not sure how this happened but i was invited to go and be an extra in a movie and not mm-hmm. just any movie one of her favorite kind of movies a hallmark christmas movie <laughs> Oh, this is Which like the best thing ever. It's being filmed in where? East Lime? East Lime. And East wait a Lime, minute. Okay. I I would be an extra for a Hallmark movie anytime. A Christmas movie anytime. But to be at a Christmas party Hallmark movie? Oh my God, they've got my number. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Super excited about it. I can't wait. And I will be... Taking as much, uh, as many pictures as possible. Awesome. Anyhow. But um, for now, I'm going to sign off and I want to let us have some time to definitely check out Molly. Molly Dare. um, You can find her on all of the socials. Molly Dare, again, is someone that I met through Clubhouse, but she is a powerhouse. Powerhouse. And listen, we need powerhouses to amplify the voices of other people and this is what molly does she exemplifies an amazing woman going confidently in the direction of her dreams she lived in new york worked for goldman sachs for a time and moved to um to pr but in between she also has some failures and hard lessons and she talks about this and i love her candidness and the stories that she shared with us. So thank you, Molly, again for being here. And until tomorrow, Molly, and for the rest of the listeners, make sure that you connect with Molly and let her know that you found her through Casa de Confidence. And without further ado, Molly Dare. Welcome to the podcast, Molly Dare Hildebrand. Molly, you are the person that I typically start my mornings off in your room and clubhouse and i have had just a pleasure getting to know you and to have you on the podcast is a true pleasure so welcome oh my gosh well thank you so much for having me it's a true honor i start my mornings off with you too it's a, <laughs> it's part of our routine right that's right i missed the room today but i know that you are just getting home to florida after yeah. a whirlwind trip and you're going to be traveling again Yes. Oh my gosh. Right. I know. After 15 months off, I'm, I'm finally back on my travel schedule. I used to be on a plane every two weeks for mm-hmm. years. Um, so this past year felt nice, but I'm definitely um, happy to be back doing what I love. Isn't it amazing that when you get into your groove, it just looks like we haven't taken a break, even though we did, right? Absolutely. And it feels, it just, I, I forgot how good it feels <laughs> to be doing what you do, right? right. And then, 
and to be traveling and moving and seeing people and in person, like, oh my goodness. Um, it's just been incredible. I mean, I know you and I met on Clubhouse, which has been an amazing, you know, audio app to connect with people, but in person is 10 times better. I know. And I am still trying to figure out if I can do the um, Listening and Beyond Summit. And I, I want to because I want to come oh, hug everyone in person. Know. But there, I am. I'm going to be in Florida like two days before, and you know, it, it's trying to work it out. But Molly, you know, again, thank you again for coming. I probably will not do it justice. I don't like to just read a bio. I want you to introduce yourself to the guest and welcome again to Casa de Confidence. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much. So um, Molly Dare Hillenbrand and I am the founder of Hillenbrand Media. And what we do is we produce features and in-depth interviews on today's inspiring entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and public figures to really market their story, their vision, and what they do. Uh, I also have a podcast as well. And um, you know, my my passion in life and my passion through my business is really sharing people's journeys. You know, people love to share what they're doing now and all the great things, but I think people are just as interested in what got them there and really want to hear those stories. And so that's really what I try to do to highlight, but it's been a long journey (laughs) as with most entrepreneurs to get here, to get to Hill and Brand Media and everything that I do now. And I feel very lucky to be doing what I do now. That's for sure. Now, I love that you said that you like to share people's journey. I do the same. I feel that when we encounter someone, we typically see this wonderful story of success and all the things that they're doing, but we don't really get to see what did it take to get there. And sometimes, you know, what happens behind the scenes for you? And and again, I know a lot of what you share in Clubhouse and many of the rooms that we've been together in, but I know that it wasn't always this idyllic place, right? You have, um, I think I heard in another podcast that you refer to yourself as a late bloomer. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be 43 in a few weeks. So I'm a very late bloomer. Um, but I think that's okay. So, you know, I, I'll go all the way back to my teens. I was really ill in my teens and battled, um, Lyme's disease, but a horrible Mm. case of it that had me hospitalized. I couldn't really move. I couldn't really speak for a short period amount of time. Like I had the words in my head, but I couldn't speak them because it had affected my brain and my synapse. And I remember saying then, oh my gosh, please bring me through this. Please let me, you know, I was watching all my friends move on, get boyfriends, Mm -hmm. do all the things that young teens do. And I was kind of literally left behind. And I remember just like sitting on this yellow couch in my parents' room saying, please get me through this. I promise not to take one day for granted if you just bring me through this. And somehow miraculously, I did come through it. And I just kind of knew in that moment that I had to use my voice that I got back and and share you know my journey and story but also of others that couldn't share their stories or didn't have the platform for that but i didn't know how right i was young <laughs> i didn't know where that was going to take me but looking back that really was a pivotal you know moment in my life and i tried like many entrepreneurs many many different avenues um and nothing really was sticking with me and i felt really lost and almost like a failure for many years because I was watching so many succeed and I was kind of going from here to here. You know, I started out on Wall Street Uh because I thought that was the thing to do. And that wasn't my thing. (laughs) 
And then I moved, you know, to other things. And, and, um, but what I didn't realize at the time, looking back, it's, you know, whenever we look back, we can notice things better than when we're in it during the time. When I look back, I was developing skill sets during each and every step that I needed to get to today. I wasn't meant to be where I am today at 23, 32. You know, I was meant to yep. be here now because I had to develop the skill sets that I needed. So I always say it took me 20 years to become an overnight success. It's mm. <laughs> a good statement. Yeah, because we're just constantly building through our failures, through our wins and everything in between. All of that is teaching us incredibly important lessons that we need to get to whatever is next for us. Yeah. Well, you alluded again that you've had some failures and you've had some wins. In looking back, what would you say is the greatest failure that has led you to the wins that you have today? Wow. That is such a good question. Um, My greatest, there's so many. It's like, how do you pick the greatest? (laughs) Um, my greatest failure, there's quite a few. Um, my greatest failure was not thinking I was capable when Mm. I really clearly was, but that I had so much self doubt and people in my life that I listened to over myself. Um, so, so that was a big failure of letting other voices, other negative voices really, um, take precedence over what I knew I was, was possible for myself. But the other greatest failure, just entrepreneurial speaking, was I, I felt I had to control everything and that I had to be the one in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest mistake. And I wish I had realized that a lot sooner, that the greatest way to build, to expand for success of a vision mm-hmm. is to bring on people that cover your blind spots. Yep. If I had anything to do over again, it would be to realize that sooner and hire faster um, to, to really excel to the next level. I can't do it on my own. Nobody can really. You, you have to have a team. First, you have to acknowledge what your blind spots yep. are. I think that's really, really important. And that's, I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up is they think they have to be in control of everything. It's their vision. So they have to do it all. Um, no, we need to acknowledge and see what you don't do well and then hire accordingly. You know, I, I tell my clients all the time because I think that this is a lesson I learned very early on. Um, and I heard it from one of my mentors, but I didn't really implement it till later on. But do what you do best and delegate the rest. And I think that as, yeah. as and, and whether you're an entrepreneur or not, or whether you are in the home we tend to want to control so many different things. We want to be in charge of who does the things for us at home or no one is going to do it better. I need to do it. And we we create a lot of guilt for ourselves. Did you find oh. yourself feeling guilty or out of control by being able to delegate things to others? Um, absolutely. Especially if you're someone like me who, who's, who likes to be in control for sure. Um, <laughs> And, and I think a lot of things that also hold a lot of us back is when you're beginning your vision, when you're beginning your company, there's not a lot of funds, right? You're mm-hmm. investing everything. So you're like, how could I possibly, hi- I don't have money to hire right. other people. How am I going to possibly do that? But what I found is there's so many people who are who are craving experience, who are craving opportunity that you can develop other ways, right? Mm. And that's why you have to be a weekly paycheck or a monthly paycheck. There's college students that are hungry 
for experience that want internships. There's people who, if they fall in love with your vision and they get it, you can offer them a percentage of success or anything that comes in, you know? So, so if you make money, they make money. If you don't make money, they don't. There's, there's so many ways to structure it Mm -hmm. that don't let the fact that you're a new business and there's not necessarily all the funds in the bank there get creative. And, and again, um, letting go of that control is, Mm -hmm. is key, but so difficult. I think that, you know, for, for many of us in our journey and, and, you know, you talked about how, um, you wanted success at 23, but didn't achieve it, um, on a personal level, what do you feel, um, are the lessons that again, going back to that 23 year old, um, you would say, because I think that, and here's the, the reality, right? I, I, I've been through, I talk about this. I've been through a divorce and yeah. I wish I wouldn't have gone through it. But I wouldn't change that because I'm the person that I am today. What lessons Mm -hmm. would you prepare your 23-year-old self for personally and in a personal level? Well, you know, I learned a lot, right, from from my 23-year-old self down on Wall Street in the big glamorous buildings down there, working in a cubicle on a team for the greater good. Um, What I loved about it and hated about it are kind of the same Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I loved being on a team. I were, you know, learned teamwork. That's a really important skill that is mm-hmm. incredibly important, whether you're building your own team or a part of a team, you better learn how to be a good team member. Um, you know, what I also learned was that what I didn't want, and I felt that I was in a, a cubicle and I was a cog in a wheel of someone else's vision. I knew mm. that I was going to do the same thing, copy, paste, repeat, to make someone else's vision come to life. And for me, I didn't feel I was making a good use of my personal skill set um, of, of what I really was passionate about. And I just learned that I'm someone that needs passion. I need to be passionate about what mm. I'm doing or I lose focus. And I'm not good when I don't have focus. <laughs> I don't think many of us are. Right. And, and so I, I definitely learned definitely my blind spots. I, but what I took away from that is, is being the best team member possible, how to give of yourself, how to, how to add value to a team, when to speak up and when not to speak up and to be able to take other people's ideas and visions, even if they're not your own to develop that compromise. I think that's a really, really important skill as well. I think that those are lessons that I see you teach and share um, anytime that I listen to you in Clubhouse. I think that um, you are probably one of the most popular people I know there. And the reason Aww. is because you are truly caring and you really do share intentionality and share some of the values and lessons that you've had. Um, yeah. When people tell you, oh, wow, you're so amazing. Look at all the stuff that you're doing. Um, what comes to mind? Um, I like many others have to have a really hard time taking compliments because I'm so aware of where I haven't done well, right. And where I have failed and I know I'm not perfect and far from it. And so I almost feel like, you know, the, the token word nowadays is imposter syndrome, right? Right. Like I'm not where you think I am, or I'm not who you think I am. I also take it to heart and I'm appreciative because it's what I, I hope to be. And I, I hope that that's the message that comes off because there is such like what you just said is so incredibly heartfelt and means the world to me. I think they're like the nicest compliments that anybody can give. 
And sometimes it's hard to move forward from your <laughs> failures. And I feel like I've done a really good job of that, but there's still stuff. I say all the time to speak from a scar, not from a wound. That's not my quote. It's somebody, some, I heard that <laughs> somewhere, um, but there's still wounds I'm recovering from that. I don't have a scar yet or the lesson learned from yet. And so as many scars that I have of, of life lessons, mm-hmm. there's still so many more that I'm healing from or that I haven't even experienced yet. So I know I'm still on my journey and path, but I appreciate that others appreciate that I share it openly and transparently. No, absolutely. And and I wonder, you know, I, I want to unpack a lot of this because you've given us so much. Um, wounds are something that depending on how deep they run, right? Um, it takes a different time period to heal. Um oh. What are some of the things that you do in order to heal? And what are some of the things that you're still working on to heal? Um, To be like really specific, I'm happy to share with some of the failures specifically. And, you know, in business, I can say a failure that like haunts me. Um, You know, even today, it's the first thing I think of when when I'm talking about this is when I had to close my retail stores. You talked about that last week. Yes. And so... You know, I had to close them. It was very abrupt. I did not see it coming. These retail stores I had worked so hard on, um, you know, it was a big adventure for my girls and I coming out of a divorce, et cetera. And when I found out that I had to close them, I was devastated. And what I should have done, what a good leader had done, I had, you know, 14 people working for me in, in my stores and what I should have done is led, right, with strength and saying, it's okay, I'm going to help you every step of the way as we close the store, as I make sure everybody's okay, let me know what I can do to help each and every one of you, I'm going to help pack the store, um, and not put the burden on you. I was so emotionally distraught that I couldn't walk in the store again. Mm-hmm. And I left it up to the store managers to to take everything and to um, you know pack it all up and and kind of do the hard work of telling everybody else that we're closing in four weeks. And I think it's okay for me to be very transparent that I failed there. I think that's a huge, huge mm-hmm. failure on my end, um, communication wise, as a leader, as all those things. Um, and I just couldn't face it. I own that. I couldn't face it. I couldn't walk in that store again. It was so painful. And so I let them do it. I let them pack it all up and I moved to Florida and they shipped all the things. And that was that I've, I've apologized, you know, after I was able to really come out of this, um, but it took me six months, a year to really come out of that emotional spot where I I reached out to the majority of them and and apologized and owned what I did wrong and thanked them profusely for what they did right in my place. Because I think it's important both for for both of us Mm -hmm. to acknowledge so that they feel seen and validated and so that I can get it off my chest so that I don't hold on to the pain and hurt of handling the situation in the wrong way. I think that that's very courageous because I think that a lot of people, when you make a mistake, and I don't, do you know Becky? You know Becky, uh, my, Becky's Mindful Kitchen. She put a post the, the other Becky. day, right? Yeah, right. I love, I, I love her, and I she put a post the other day and about her daughter and the chicken. Did you see that? Yes. And and for those people who didn't see it, go back to her to her stories or to her reels, and it's there. And her daughter made a mistake. They live in a farm. They The daughter stepped on a chicken. And instead of hiding what happened or um, not taking responsibility, she took responsibility and she righted the wrong. Yeah. 
But most importantly, it's not so much righting the wrong, but acknowledging that we made a mistake. And for you to have come back after the fact, a lot of people wouldn't have done that, Molly. A lot of people would have just like, okay, whatever, new chapter in my life. I've moved on. They've moved on. And period, the end. I think that it takes a lot of responsibility and ownership and strength to do that. And and, um, who do you think inspired you to be that person? Um, I would say my father. My father mm. is an incredible leader, incredible businessman, incredible family man. Um, and he just, he acknowledged, you know, growing up, and, and this reminds me both in work and in personal life, how important it is to validate others' feelings and to acknowledge when you've done wrong, because what it does is gives the children or the coworkers permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, when you give a safe space to say, I messed up. I screwed up. This is what I did wrong. And this is what I should have done. And I'm sorry. Then you give permission for everyone else to be able to do the same and own up to their own mistakes. It just creates a more positive culture mm-hmm. um, and, and a more transparent one where no one feels like they have to hide or shame. When you say we all make mistakes, it's okay. We're all human. <laughs> no one's perfect. I don't know about you, but I've never met a per- uh, perfect person yet. It's been 43 years. Yep, not yet. Um, <laughs> And so I think it just, it gives like a safe place. Like you can almost like relax a little bit. Um, And what I find is when you create a culture where it's okay to be like, oh, I messed up. I screwed up with this or the timing of this, or I booked this wrong or whatever it was, then there's not a fire. You know, it's like you fix the problem immediately. So everyone's Mm -hmm. fine. It's not an issue when you cover it up and you could do a lies to cover it up, cover it up. That's the fire, Mm -hmm. right? That's when you have a much bigger problem on your hands. Yeah. You know, I remember early, I I think this is when I first became a department head in in, in my corporate career um, that something went wrong and I was like, holy shit, like I'm going to get fired. And I really went down that path and I really, you know, try to, you know, make it seem like it wasn't such a big deal. And instead of asking for help, it was something that um, really needed to be addressed. And it wasn't until I, I was, you know, going down the wrong path, my dad sat me down and he said, you screwed up. Ask for help. And, yeah. you know, that's what a leader does. And that's what someone Absolutely. who who steps up. And I remember that there was so much feelings of shame and inadequacy. And again, thinking like, oh, maybe, maybe I didn't deserve this position, right? Um, yeah. You, you mentioned that you've learned this lesson from your dad. What was other lessons growing up and things that you learned from him? And is he the person that has inspired the most? A hundred percent. I can't say enough about uh, my father and anyone who was ever worked with him have come up to me. I mean, literally people come up to me to say this as well. He And he was amazing because he would bring me to work with him all the time. <laughs> Back when people did not bring their kids or daughters to work, I, I was able to watch him in his element. I, and I learned so much because I mm. watched him deal with people and conflict. I also watched how he dealt with me and conflict with me. Um, you know, other lessons are, and, and I re- still remember this, is when he walked into the office, he called everybody by their name, the security guard. Mm-hmm. When we went in to get lunch from the cafeteria, he knew every single person working there by name, asked them how their kids were doing. Asked them, everyone was treated the same. It didn't matter what position you were mm-hmm. in the company. You added value. He's thankful you are there because without you, without you, you know, being the security guard, without you making lunch for everybody, we wouldn't be able to run this business. 
everyone serves a purpose and you treat every single person the same, no matter what level of the company they are. That was huge. Yeah. I think that's huge to not only say it, but to see it in action has, has been huge for me. <laughs> I, I just, I feel so passionately about that. The other thing he definitely taught me was to give back. <laughs> if you have any degree of success in your life, whether it's huge success, mild success, whatever that is, it is your duty, your responsibility to find a way to give back, to find something <laughs> that you feel passionate about, that you can give X amount back to your company, can be involved with, to raise awareness of others who are in need. So that kind of idea of philanthropy um, and always looking for who needs help, um, <laughs> he instilled that as well. I think your dad and my dad would probably, you know, have gotten along. I think that they're very like-minded uh, individuals. Well, we're very lucky then because it took me a long time. I didn't realize that not everyone's parents were like that growing up. And it was kind of a rude awakening in life, yeah. um, but, a, but a much needed awakening that not <laughs> everyone was lucky enough to have that kind of childhood or that kind of role model in their life, right. which also taught me, again, how important it is to be a role model and reach out for to those who don't have that. Yeah, you know, and, and again, I, I saw that a lot also with my grandmother and my grandmother. My grandmother's from El Salvador and, and you, you've heard me talk about her as well. She yeah. she did a lot of things that reminded me that, you know, to those much given, much was expected. And I think that um, we live in a society in which we tend to want to get more, get more, be more, have more. And we forget that there's other people that maybe don't have the same opportunities. And this is why I started the podcast, because I think that I had influences, right, that allowed me to have some failures, but allowed me also to go and be confident despite not feeling um, 100%, right? And sometimes I want others to know that they can believe in themselves even when they don't think that they can make it, that it's okay to feel unsure. Um, Absolutely. Confidence to me is one of the most important things and it's so hard to get. <laughs> and it, sometimes it doesn't come from your own family. Sometimes it comes from one person. It could be, it could be your local pastor. It could be a friend. It could be a teacher, somebody who believes in you, sees something in you, um, it just takes that one spark yeah. um, it, to develop that confidence to go after what it is that you're feeling passionate about. I think that, you know, again, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. It just takes the first step. Um, yeah. You have two daughters and they're growing yeah. up fast. Yeah. <laughs> kids tend to do. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you wish to leave for them as a legacy, especially having had a legacy from your dad? Oh my gosh, if I'm even half the person that my dad is. Um, you would, are, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's as good as he gets, um, but I try. Um, you know, I have two teen daughters, so, <laughs> you know, we're in the thick of it. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope when all is said and done and they become adults and moms or whatever they choose in their life, that a, they, they choose a, a, a life that's pa that they have passion about. I think mm. that's really, really important that they give to others, that they realize it's bigger than themselves. Right now they're in, you know, this childhood, you think it's all about you, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's their world, <laughs> we just live in it. But I do hope through lessons learned by watching my father, watching me, watching others that I associate myself with, because I think it's, it's as important who you surround yourself with as to what you teach as well, that they see how important it is to surround yourself with the right people for people who have um, a desire to, to do good, to do something inspiring and give back in the world. 
um, and how honestly real happiness is not in things, right? I spent my 20s thinking, you know, it's why I was so excited about the job on Wall Street and the big paycheck. And it's, oh, I can buy all the things that I want, right? And and I was waiting to feel fulfilled and and happy and all these things. And, and it was fleeting in the moment when I bought that purse or I got that coat. Right. It was a fleeting moment of happiness. But the joy in my life, the true joy in my life came from when I was able to give smiles to other people, <laughs> came from when I was able to help elevate other people, give them a bigger platform, give them a chance to share their story, help build their businesses. That is joy. And that is something I wish for every single person, my own children, for, for everyone's children. Um, yeah. it, it's that feeling of joy because that comes from within. I, I see you doing that a lot with um, the series that you're doing for entrepreneurs. Um, when you talk about it, and even when you were posting in your stories as you were doing so the in, some of the interviews in Chicago, that you really are about giving others a platform and really sharing. And, and I think that that's amazing. I, I can see that it definitely brings you joy. Uh, what's next for you, Molly? I mean, where do you see yourself going with all of this? So, you know, as you mentioned, you know, with the Spotlight series that I'm filming in Chicago, I'm really trying to bring out the stories of inspiring people who ha- who are doing so many amazing things and you just don't hear about them. We hear a lot about celebrities or people who have big audiences, but there are so many incredible stories that people can relate to and be like, oh, that person can do it. So can I. Mm-hmm. It's not some big name or big celebrity that's so out of touch, you know, from where I see myself. Oh, this person lives right down the street. Right. This person has a backstory just like mine. I want to spotlight and showcase those people who have been through the ringer, who didn't have, you know, maybe everything handed to them and had to really dig deep to get to where they are today to show others that they can do it too. So my my hope with this series is that, you know, I can obviously keep doing this for as long as, as long as possible. Um, we're just getting started with it. And, uh, you know, the, the finished products will be coming out soon. But I hope it, you know, the platform for it, the audience for it just keeps growing and growing and growing because it's really just my my goal with Hill and Brand Media with the Spotlight series is to create an audience of people to inspire the next generation of mm. entrepreneurs and thought leaders to pursue their dreams and passions because what the world needs is more people who are excited and passionate about what they're doing and who are looking to do things that impact the greater good in the community. If people want to work with you, how do they do that? Um, uh, many ways you can contact me in many ways. Um, I'm uh, all over Instagram, you can contact me through there, but my website, which is mollydare.com, which you can find my podcast, my spotlight series, all of that. You can click on there to schedule um, a discovery call with me to tell me about what you're doing and your business. And I can, you know, we can go through different avenues of different ways that make sense for you to get spotlighted in your story and your journey spotlighted. Now you and I have, um, we have some friends in common. Some uh, we we have shared a lot of um, stories of amazing women, like Kelly Gunther, for instance. And um, what um, what do you say to the woman that you know sees the Olympic person, the, the entrepreneur doing great things? Uh, what do you say to that person that maybe is in a career and is not sure what they should be doing? And where should be their next step? And, you know, they haven't found that passion and zest for what they're meant to do. 
Absolutely. I think the most important thing for all of us to do, and I know what made a shift for me was doing things that scared me, that was not in my comfort level. I said, I said yes to opportunities that I didn't even know, developed a talent that I didn't even know I had. I would never have thought I'd be in front of a camera or sharing other people's stories and, or an on-air host, but someone else saw something in me and gave me an opportunity and said, hey, I think you should try this. And our first initial response is, oh, no, 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 no. That's, I don't know how to do that. And when you switch to, well, I don't know how to do that yet. Mm. We are all so capable. Just yeah. add the yet at the end of that sentence and it will Love change it. your mindset just like that to let me learn. Let me yeah. let me try. I'm learning. And the worst thing that you can do is try and it didn't work, but I bet you still learned something along the way. Yeah, I, I love that mindset and uh, shift because I think that the mindset shift is something that we're so afraid. We um, are stuck in some of the stories and the false beliefs. And I think when we open our mind, and, and this is, again, why I love your room in the morning. It's like the mindset and motivation, and they have to go hand in hand, right? Absolutely. Um, so you can be found on social media. Uh, yeah, you can. You have a wonderful podcast that I have enjoyed listening to, and Thank again, you. I appreciate you being here because you are someone that continues to motivate and continue to inspire people on a daily basis. What is one thing that you want people to know about you that really, you know, m- people don't tend to understand or know? Um, oh gosh, you have great questions. Oh, well, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that they don't know. I'm pretty transparent. I'm pretty um, out there, but that, you know, I think, um, and I'm working on this. I think that I put like many of us do a highlight reel, right. On mm-hmm. social media of our <laughs> successes and things that we're proud of. Um, but I have just as many things, um, and I'm trying to be more transparent with that, mm. um, that I'm not good at and that I really am learning and that I'm still a student of life. I still um, am learning so, so much. I, As I said, I'm going to be 43 and I'm still just getting started. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, I think people get trapped in a box, you know, by the time they're 30, like, oh, well, this is what I do. This is my mm-hmm. skill set. and This is where it's going to be. Don't be afraid to start all over again. Don't be afraid to try something new, as I mentioned. And I think, you know, I, I mentioned before, I was lucky enough to work with May Musk, um, a, a year ago and who's 73 years old. And she says she's living her best life yet Yeah. and at 73. And I'm like, man, I'm not even there yet. Like my best days are ahead of me. And so that's just how I feel. That's how I go after my life is like, mm-hmm. okay, Molly, you're a student of life. Your best days are ahead. How can you get there? And so I, I still don't feel like I've achieved or accomplished what I have well, what I hopefully have ahead. And so I'm, I'm kind of on, still on my journey, just like everybody else's. Molly, you know, I, I love hearing that. That's something actually I said to myself today, and you're confirming this thought. I, I said, you know, maybe we ought to create a plan of how we want to feel when we're 75. And I yeah. thought, ooh, I've made like a three-year plan, a 10-year plan, but I've never made like that long a plan. And I thought, you know, it would be an interesting exercise because I think that we define ourselves so much by, you know, what we're doing in our 30s or 40s or 50s. And then the conversation really begins to lessen as to what we should be doing or who should we be at that age. So I love that you are, um, you know, defining that there's more to come. And I I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, I I will... um, 
hopefully continue to share mornings with you so that you can hold me accountable to becoming a better version of myself (laughs) and I can continue to celebrate all the wonderful things that you're doing for yourself and for others because you're truly a giver and I appreciate you being here. Oh, right back at you. Thank you so much for having me on. Always appreciate your input and your wisdom as well. Well, you're amazing. And again, thank you, Molly, dear. You are what I call a confident dreamer. And don't forget to continue to go confidently. And thank you for visiting Casa de Confidence. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.